Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Molly Rose Speed. She is the founder of Virtual Assistant Management based out of Destin, Florida. Molly Rose, can you take it away and let us know everything you do? Yes. Hi, April. I'm so happy to be here and excited to talk to everyone listening. So I'm the founder of Virtual Assistant Management, and I created a virtual assistant academy. So I train and place professional virtual assistants. This all came to be about 10 years ago. I'm a a military spouse of nine years married, 14 years in total, if we count all those years together, and really just needed flexible career as military spouses would. So I quit my corporate job cold turkey and became what I learned was a virtual assistant. Didn't know that at the time. This was several years ago before it got really, really hyped up the way it is today. And along the way, I had all these military spouses saying, how do I do what you do? You've been traveling the world. You're working remote. You're making a great income. I want to do this too. So that's when I created my program. And now we also place these amazing virtual assistants with entrepreneurs. So that's what I do. And and I love it. And I work full-time from home. I feel like I maybe have come across your website in the past, like before this. Um, Yeah. As I actually, I used to work as a medical transcriptionist for Mayo Clinic for a million years, it felt like. And I had multiple women come to me and say, you know, I have kids too. You work from home, you make good money, you carry the benefits and all these things. How can I do exactly what you do? And, you know, or they'd even tell me, I'm thinking about going to school to be a medical transcriptionist like you. And I had to tell them, like, don't do it because it's a dying field. Um, I did eventually uh, move away from that job. They offered a severance package uh, because virtual, um, no, AI, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, computers, (laughs) intelligence and technology have, uh, you know, taken over basically what we used to do manually. Um, And so I started to try to encourage my friends uh, to go the virtual assistant or the VA way. Yes. It's, it's, it's a cool career. I I just had a conversation with someone about how it being such a great way to get your feet wet, working independently, starting your own business, because you can kind of get a breath of all these different things and then decide what you want to do. If you decide to go that path or just say a general VA for the life of your career, there's so many ways to do it. So it's a good starting point. Seems like there's a million different kinds of VAs. Do you want to talk a little bit about who you support and Yeah, I do a lot of educating on virtual assistants and what they are. You know, we, we learned from the four hour work week, which Tim Ferriss wrote, I guess over 20 years ago now, Uh I think, um, you know, that you can pay someone $4 an hour to basically run your life. And though that's true, if you get lucky and find overseas support and contractors, uh, the level of support that I train my virtual assistants and and provide for clients is us-based professional virtual assistants that you almost bring in as a partner in your business, right? Not a real legal partner, but they're enrolled in your vision. They are taking ownership of their work. They have autonomy to, to help your business be better. Um, so they do anything from, managing your hectic inbox to scheduling, to customer support, to handling contract agreements and invoicing and expenses and booking travel and uploading blogs and doing social media and maybe revamping your online course or you know simple updates to your website. Just all the day-to-day that bogs down business owners. I say they all wear 27 hats um, to just let them go back to the reason they started their business in the first place and really generating revenue. 
Yeah. And I've seen uh, people specialty uh, have specialties where, you know, maybe if they have two virtual assistants, they, one might specialize on the social media and then the other one might do the calendar management. Or I have mm-hmm. someone who helps me with some of my editing for my podcast. Um, so smarter in the realm of video editing than I am. And yeah. I couldn't do it without that. So, um, but you know, not full-time, so not helping me with every single aspect, but definitely, you know, those things, the social media, um, the, the, the fancy stuff that I can't do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or or shouldn't do. Um, yeah. And that brings up a really good point. You know, you don't have to hire a virtual assistant for 40 hours a week. You can hire them for a fraction of their time, fractional virtual assisting. And that makes it really cost-effective for, uh, the client and also really great for the virtual assistant who might only want to work 20 hours a week or you know, two hours a day while their kids preschool. Right. So do you match people according to their availability and flexibility? Cause I know some people want the virtual assistant to answer phones, you know, mm-hmm. like a regular business day and other people they'll let their VA work in the middle of the night, as long as the work is done by morning or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've learned a lot in I'd say almost interviewing our clients on what they need in a virtual assistant. And it's across the board. Some want the eight to five customer service, being there to answer the email the minute it comes in type of, I call it the mad men uh, virtual assistant. If you watch that show where they're sitting at desks, like your virtual secretary, and that's great. And there are virtual assistants that love that and want to be doing that. Uh, And then there's also businesses that you give them a task list on a Monday and the virtual assistant can have it done in any time frame by Friday or within the month or whatever it is for their business. So it's really cool how flexible it can be. Mm -hmm. And they can wear a lot of hats too, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. So many. And it keeps growing. And I really want to define what a virtual assistant does versus what an operations manager does or what an OBM does, because it's all, everyone has a different opinion. So that's something that needs to be worked on in the industry. So there's administrative assistant and there's administrative like project manager kind of roles Mm -hmm. and everything, right? Yes. Yeah. Social media managers, operations, business managers, project managers. I mean, and then there's people that wear all those hats. (laughs) And what would you say your population that you're working with um, is like your virtual assistants that you hire or that you uh, train? Yeah. So predominantly military spouses, that's just the, the group that we attract because of my population. Um, but so a lot of stay-at-home moms as well, we have virtual assistants that have their master's degrees, virtual assistants that are former physician's assistants nurses that are still working as nurses, but then do this on their days off. Hmm. It's really across the board. Um, but I'd say 90% are moms. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, flexibility is basically the biggest benefit that people are looking for these days, especially if yeah. they're trying to juggle family responsibilities with work. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's super important. So let's talk a little bit about your journey here. Where did you say you came from before this? <laughs> uh, so I've been doing this since 2013. So about nine, 10 years, 2012. And before that I was a manager at target. So targets crazy where they put 23 year olds in place and you're the executive team leader of a, a store and you hold the keys and you manage 125 people. It's crazy. Oh my goodness. Loved the job, but worked my tail off, uh, and realized something had to change. And then I worked at a hospital system as a financial analyst and literally watched paint dry and realized, okay, this is great money. However, I want more. I want, I don't want to sit here 
you know, and only have eight to 10 hours worth of work a week, having to commute 50 minutes each way. And these are all the things that I'm like, something has to change at the time. My husband was on his fifth deployment. Uh, and you know, I hadn't taken him to the airport or picked him up from a deployment because I had to work and I didn't want to take time off my 10 precious days because I wanted to spend that time with him when he was home. So a lot of sacrificing has to be made by military spouses. And I felt that. And so also having the possibility of moving around, I knew that something needed to change. And that's when I took the leap, if you will. And my first job was, I answered a, a job posting on Facebook for someone I knew I I'd met him at a conference and they were crowdfunding a student loan documentary and they needed someone to run the crowdfunding campaign, meaning like social crowdfunding where you share everything on social media and get people to donate to the cause. And I applied for it and had no idea how to do it, but I figured it out, which is the number one key of being a virtual assistant. Uh, and that just kind of opened the doors to being the founder of that documentary's assistant. And then, growing through his business for the past eight years. Now I, I no longer do that work, but um, all the referrals that came through and all the knowledge learned just by starting somewhere. So that's where I am today. Did you end up moving at all during those eight years? <laughs> so no, I didn't. I'm one of those military spouses that never moved. My uh, where, where we're stationed, we have three bases and my husband just got restationed to a, a local base. So oh, it wow. never happens. All my friends are like, I hate you. Like, this is what I want. Back you know? On wood. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really good, but all of my friends have moved away. So that's been a different ah. experience. Mm -hmm. So you have the stability, but you're helping have others have stability as they move because they can keep their job. I did experience that when I was working for Mayo Clinic, I eventually got a work from home position and I moved from Minnesota to Missouri to Illinois back to Missouri, to Arizona, to another city mm -hmm. in Arizona. And I kept the same job the whole time Yes, and carried, you know, like the weight while my husband was in school. And, um, it was really a blessing during that time. Now yeah. I have freedom to do other things, which is also nice. Good. Um, because at that job, I was tied to the time clock. I had to log in at a certain time and log out at a certain time and have to mm -hmm. tell them if I'm going to change my, you know, my break from 30 minutes to 60 minutes. And so, um, you know, after that post 2018, I've been, you know, seeking positions that gave me more flexibility and control over my own time. Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing there, you know, benefits, we, you mentioned that earlier, if your husband was in school, you're probably doing that. That's something to consider when you do decide to go freelance or start your own yep. gig, you know, I military spouse, I have great benefits. So mm -hmm. I had that flexibility, mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely something to consider. So. Yeah. He actually, uh, was offered, he went from a con contract position to a permanent position about six months before Mayo Clinic decided to pull the plug on the department that I was working for. Oh, great. Good um, they didn't completely pull the plug, but they reduced people, you know, by like, I don't know if it was ended up being like 50 to 90%. <laughs> it was, it was a significant yeah. job, um, significant change. And I was happy to have other options at that time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, you are working from home exclusively or do you do any hybrid stuff? Do you go into a workspace or coffee shops or? So pre-pandemic, you find me in a coffee shop at least twice a week. Um, I also got a, a dog over the past three years that I just don't like leaving. So um, 
I find myself at home most of the time these days. I do have clients of my own that I, I keep just to stay fresh and I still enjoy the work. Mm -hmm. So I do travel about every eight weeks to Nashville, uh, host retreats with that particular client. So that's really fun and just kind of revamps wakes me up last week. I went to a conference, so I'm always trying to get out. I think that's super important. Like I am a completely different person this week than I was the week prior to last after going to a conference and Mm -hmm. networking and kind of just getting outside my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I actually also got to go to a conference, but it was for my work in-person job that I have. That's just two days a week right now. Good, so yeah. I, it's interesting having this podcast as I've personally experienced like the gamut from working. I think I had been working full-time for the English um, as a second language companies. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, I've done a few things and now I'm, you know, half of the time in the office and half of the time, or half of the time I'm teaching adults in person. And then the other half I'm doing stuff from the home. So I kind of feel like I can start to, I don't know, just agree with, or, you know, understand where everyone's coming from. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So before we started recording, you told me you have an adventure coming up. Do you want to go ahead and talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, my husband and I are buying a a sprinter van on Friday and I'm terrified, but it's going to be great. And, uh, it's already converted. So we're going to do van life. Uh, he's in transitioning to the reserves and, uh, getting a called big boy job, I guess. And so we have some flexibility now to take some time. So we're going to hit the road. And I, my biggest question was how equipped is this for Wi-Fi and data and being able to work. And the gentleman we bought it for, from, uh, was a lawyer during the, he still is, but, uh, during the pandemic, they were gone all the time and he never missed a zoom call. So I'm really excited about that. So we're going to hit the road and then, uh, come back for Christmas and have it home in Florida. We have lots of events planned and then we'll go back out in January. So I'm really excited to see what van life and working remote is like. In the middle right. Of the, so nowhere. do you have like a jet pack for your Wi-Fi and everything too? Uh, I have to get that stuff actually, but I've done a lot of research. So we'll probably buy not only Verizon's puck, but like AT&T's puck just to make sure we have that. And then there's yeah. a cellular uh, booster on You're the like, roof. I'm going to have all the bases, covered. all the things <laughs> I would want to, too. That would make, that would probably be the most nerve wracking for me is not knowing. Cause like, if you're driving into certain regions, as you know, cause we, again, we're talking before <clears throat> we started recording that, you know, you're from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I'm from Minnesota and there's certain areas of the country that you start driving through and you're like, I can't, I can't connect. No, <laughs> to it's anything. like you're handcuffed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So hopefully yeah. if you cover your bases and probably you can find maps to kind of help, you know, yeah. ahead of time. I think, I think there's a lot of research done and I think uh, the pandemic really helped all that information come to light because so many people started doing this. So right. Right. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. So probing question. Are you going to like sell everything and just live out of the van or are you keeping? No, we're keeping, keeping the house. Um, and we'll see how long we do this for and decide to put some renters in here possibly. Uh, but for at least for the first four months, we'll keep it and then kind of come back and reassess. Tell me a little bit about Dustin. Is it like a touristy area? Do you have people that you would be able to easily fill your home with? Yeah. So Dustin is a, amazing, uh, vacation spot. I didn't know about it when, until I moved here. Uh, but we have those crystal clear water beaches, white sand, uh, beaches and there it's just amazing. And 
too many people know about it now. <laughs> it used to be <laughs> a lot quieter. Uh, so I've owned a vacation rental before and, and done very well down here. It's a great place to come down with families and Airbnb. And um, I unfortunately live in a, a residential neighborhood that is protected from Airbnbs, which is a really nice thing, but we can have, uh, you know, traveling nurses or long-term runners. in, so that'll be an opportunity for that. But if you haven't visited Destin, I highly, highly recommend it. <laughs> so I actually live next door. I live in an HOA that doesn't allow Airbnb short-term rentals either, but the landlord of the house next door to me is getting around it because he's like, well, your HOA doesn't have a rule about the length of like what, what qualifies, you know, the length of stay. So his idea of a long-term rental is not the same as maybe mine would be. That's fun. So you can look well, into that. Yeah. You work it <laughs> I mean, or you work it. So some people can get by with like a 28 day, like a four week thing. Like that's yeah. like acceptable. Like you said, yeah. the travel nurses, I guess sometimes my brother's like, you know, to travel nursing and vanning it. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Yeah. That's uh, so what will change for you? Are you, how are you preparing yourself? Are you in a big home office right now? Or are you able to be pretty flexible or remote? Yeah. So I do. I have the luxury I've moved though. We've stayed here for eight years. I've moved five times, <laughs> uh, just as you know, you grow wealth, you, you buy into the neighborhood that I wanted my dream neighborhood. So I'm really lucky to live here and I have a beautiful home office that, that I'll be sad to leave. Uh, but I'm also just really excited about just kind of breaking up the monotony of the day-to-day -day and kind of just seeing what is out there. And we're planning on moving in the next couple of years. So this will give me the opportunity to kind of explore different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think being in a confined space with my husband, who's also probably going to do some work from home work, it's going to be interesting. So I'm checking out your office area and you're sitting on a beautiful chair. Will you be able to fit a chair into the van or are you planning on like working off your bed or how are you, what are you, what are you imagining right now? So the van that we bought has a desk that, um, that we'll be able to easily sit it, sit at. And so that will be really good. And then I also will bring like a folding table and I've mm -hmm. been doing some research. It's like gazebo things that mm. are netted that we can put kind of table and chairs at. So yeah. sit outside and yeah, that'll be really good. So what okay, kind of ahead. people are your... Okay. You are hiring people to train or you're hiring, um, or you're allowing virtual assistants to train with you and then you help place them. How does, can you just explain the structure of your business a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah. So my virtual assistant Academy is a, is a training program for someone who wants to go from not being a virtual assistant to being a full fledged professional virtual assistant. So not only do we teach you the business side of you know, you're essentially running your own business and that involves what are your service offerings? What are your uh, pricing, your contracts, your proposals, your, how are you billing? How are you going to handle your taxes? How are you onboarding a new client? There's tons of stuff that goes into all of this. And then um, we also teach you the tech side, which is always changing. Everything gets revamped all the time based on the needs. And then I'm very involved with the virtual assistants that we have. I love getting on calls and, and, uh, continuing the education. So it's not just like you're thrown to the wolves and have to figure it out. And then on the placement side, so it, let me back up. So anyone can really be a virtual assistant. Um, there are definitely skills or personality types that I look for that are tend to be more successful, you know, very type A organized, very responsible, take ownership, not afraid to kind of just 
get into someone's business and start taking charge. Like, oh, I noticed all these things that need to be fixed. I'm just going to do it without being asked if the situation lends itself. That's just super important. And then I think the ability to figure it out is probably the most important thing. Like every, you can Google anything, you can YouTube anything, try to figure it out before bothering the client. I think that's a huge trait that I look for the ability to have that trait. And then on the client side, uh, just because of the networks I'm in, we attract a lot of agency owners, agencies, uh, financial professionals, public speakers and authors and coaches, that kind of world. So the creatives along with agencies and they're across the board looking for different things. Uh, agency owners might be looking for someone to actually do their agency product. Like, uh, do if they're an agency that does newsletters, the VA is going to be hired to put those together for the client Mm -hmm. versus a virtual assistant that might be hired to actually help the agency do their own newsletters or do their own admin. So there's different hats that a virtual assistant can wear within a business. And it just depends on what the client is looking for. Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me. Are your trainings independently done in a flexible way or are they live trainings? Is there like an expectation that you will help people get placed if they do your trainings? Yeah. So the, the, The academy is all on demand, so you can do it at your own pace. And then we do an an onboarding call to certify you and make sure you're all set, ready to go, and you've grasped everything that we need you to. And then quarterly, you have the opportunity to apply for our management team. So not everyone is the right fit. Um, I'm really trying to build the best virtual workforce of virtual assistants in the U.S. So we do have some, you know, very tight standards around that. Um, but nine times out of 10, if you follow the steps and show up professionally, it doesn't take, you know, a, a superhero to become a virtual assistant. If not, I can coach you on areas where you probably need to work on and then come back to us with that next skill set. So I can imagine the people that would be applying for these kinds of positions are the people who are naturally organized, who like to fix things, who like to, you know, take charge. Um, are you, they often getting matched with people who are, <laughs> struggling in all of those kinds of areas? Yes. So, and actually virtual assistants that get clients that are super type A, it's really hard because they're so organized that it's like the virtual assistant doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I always say, especially our speakers, authors, and coaches, they're squirrels. Like they're just like, you know, that movie um, up where it's like squirrel, squirrel. You know, that's kind of what I describe my clients as. They're just, it, they come to us and we do a, a consultative off service to them right when they come in to really get them clear. Usually they're coming in very overwhelmed. That's why they need a virtual assistant and they haven't even had time to understand what it is they need a virtual assistant to do. Right. And so we do a lot of work there, but yes. And I've a, seen, yeah. oh, go ahead. Oh, and a virtual assistant in that situation just totally shines within businesses like that. Cause they can come in and be like, okay, these are the 20 things we're going to get done this week. Check, 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 check. And they're so happy to have mm-hmm. that support. <laughs> I've seen trainings like where they have to do some, some, some sort of personality matching too. Uh, do you have anything like that, that you incorporate? Yeah. So the Enneagram got really big over the past couple of years. So we, we use that. Um, Myers-Briggs gets asked or the Colby, um, 
I do the Enneagram just because it's really easy for my VAs to do. And I'm looking for twos and sixes. Twos are the helper. Sixes are the loyalist. Um, We have some threes. So that's kind of interesting to to find. It doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes personality tests are how you're feeling that day. But what are threes? Threes are, are they the individualists or is that one? I don't know them. I think I did one that was it called 16 personalities. That was helpful. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm, the, I'd say m- most of our VAs come back as uh, twos, the helper threes are the achiever, which would make sense. Individuals okay. are one Yeah, uh-huh. the achiever. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your own organization. Cause I know this is an area that you shine in. And I was reading your form that you filled out and it was about like, you've got priorities and you've got, you know, project management stuff that you use. And, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how you got organized and then how, um, how that has spread into this new thing? Yeah. So digitally, if you haven't talked about Asana or if, if the audience hasn't heard about Asana, it's my go-to project management tool. It's a, it's an amazing tool that in my opinion, completely eliminates email between teams or should, and email is the vein of my existence. So I try to get rid of that at every point possible. Um, it's a free tool that essentially allows you to create projects and have tasks within those projects with due dates and ownership. And it's transparent among a team. So a virtual assistant working with a client, it's wonderful for both of them to be able to see what's on the client's plate that the VA needs to be aware of and vice versa, because things that the VA might be responsible for can't be done until the client gets it done. And that is able to be outlined and they can communicate in there and and it's wonderful. So digitally, I live by Asana working with my clients. Um, Personally, I, I prioritize five things a day. And if you're watching on video, I'm holding up these priority five cards. They're really just a notepad with five lines on it. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, Jack Canfield, founder of Chicken Soup for the Soul and the Success Principles. These are his Um, And it really is just like, what are the five most important things that you're supposed to get done today? And they shouldn't be things like write a book or build a website, you know, they're micro tasks, but I find when I use these and I focus on them, I'm way more productive than just starting my day without a plan or worse, starting my day and letting my email dictate what I do. I don't, I think a lot of us do that. Um, So those are my two big, easy, simple things that, that I do. And you probably could make your own notepad with five lines on it, but how did you totally. find out about? Um, I went to his conference and got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I helped, I co- uh, helped with one of his retreats and got more. So <laughs> I've kind of nice. got myself into the Canfield community a little bit, but um, yeah, I really like them. They're on the website, I'm sure, but you don't need them. I mean, you could just use a post-it or a notepad or um, I have a great plan or two if you want to know about that. Tell us, tell us all about it. So I'm a planner person too. Um, It's called the law of attraction planner. So I'm very purposeful about how I spend my time reflecting on what went well the the last month. How can I be better the first month? What are my three goals? And this planner really, really breaks things down. And then on a daily basis, it has your priorities at the top right there. I usually do both. We have just redundant with things. Um, and, and it, you know, makes me, it forces me to 
have a goal in health and wellness. And then what are the things that I'm working on this month for that or for revenue goals? And what are the things that are going to support that? So it's very intentional. And then my tasks spur off of those things each month. And it walks you through how to do that. Um, it has a really great wheel of life in there. Each month you fill out to see kind of where you're balancing. And it's crazy eye-opening to do that on a monthly basis. So it's I highly recommend it. I've gone through a lot of planners and this is by far my favorite. Say the name of it one more time. Yeah, it's the Law of Attraction Planner. And how did you find out about that one? friend, I think told me about it. Um, and it makes sense. So the secret, you know, the secret, the, the book that came, no. Okay. The secret is a book and a documentary that came out several years ago. The the documentary I think is on Netflix right now. It's going to look dated, but the messaging is great. And it's all about the law of attraction. And that's the kind of the first time that that term hit mainstream way back in the day. Um, so I have a feeling that had something to do with it. Jack Canfield was in that film. So that's kind of the world that I hang out in. And so I think this planner probably got recommended to me within that network. So I've never been super great with planners just because, I mean, in journals as well, bullet journals, I've tried them all. And I think I still have that like embarrassed feeling that like someday someone's going to look at my planner and see that I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to do, or that I wrote down something that was like a thought that, you know, might be considered, I don't know, immature or something to someone else that reads it. So I just choose not to use them. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But I'm, I'm intrigued. I usually will give something a go for a little while, at least. I think um, people say they use planners and nine times out of 10, they might not. I think it's a hard, it's actually a hard thing to do. Like kind of a cult following. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like you have some pretty good um, work-life balance. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you've gotten to this point and if there were any struggles along oh, the yeah. way there? Yeah. I, uh, this has been something that's definitely been learned and is still a learning of, of work-life balance. There were so many years where I would put client calls that would happen at eight o'clock. I'd answer them or I wouldn't protect my bubble. And I just was free and open to do things. And I think one of the things I started doing early on that I coach against now is, you know, when you set the precedence with whoever you're working with, that you are available when they call, even though that's not scheduled or, your it's a Saturday morning and you allow it to happen. It it's like a it's like a training a dog. Then it then it will start to happen and now you're available. And then when you make yourself not available, then you're failing or then you're not good enough anymore. So I think that's something I learned really the hard way. Uh so as new clients would come in, I, I've learned how to kind of balance and protect that bubble and set those standards up front. So that's been really, really important to me. Uh and then Another thing I usually say to my virtual assistants is the beauty of this is we're creating our career around our lifestyle, not our lifestyle around our career, which is why we're all doing that. So make sure that you keep it that way. So if you want to go to your kids' soccer games on at three o'clock on Tuesdays, go. You don't have to be at your desk from eight to five. You, you can balance this, just schedule the important things first and the rest will fall into place. So I'm really good about that. Um, this year in particular, I don't take any phone calls on Mondays or Fridays and it's just blocked. I, I try not to work on Fridays though. Sometimes it creeps in and then I'm completely taking December off. This will be the first time I've ever done that. Um, and I have, 
I'm just going to do it. It's going to be really hard, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) So, so it sounds like you might have a team that you're working with that you're delegating to that are able to take over some of these tasks. So uh, can you talk a little bit about what your team looks like? Yeah. So I have a placement manager with my virtual assistant Academy or management virtual assistant management. I have a placement manager. So any inbound calls will probably take for two weeks in December and then we'll, we'll be closed and then we'll repick it back up with any leads that come in, in, in January. It's all about setting up that system. So she'll have her time as well. Uh, and then for my virtual assistants, I'm encouraging them all to slow down in December. So it's our business. We can make the rules to some extent. Yeah. You know, we have to certainly show up and serve, but I think everyone's going to appreciate that break. So I'm just able to do it. Do you mind if I ask if you have um, a distinction between the 1099s and actual employees? Yeah. So we, uh, our clients can hire our virtual assistants on a W-2 or a 1099. That's up to them and their business and the virtual assistants don't mind whatever it is. Um, If you go through my agency, we do 1099s with our contractors. Yes. And then I, just for business owners out there, I pay myself on a W-2 from my business. Um, and then extra money is, is earned through distributions. So one of the things that I've learned in the last several years is the, some of the distinctions between what a contractor is, independent contractor and employee is. And so it sounds as if you have 1099s, that mm-hmm. means that they get to choose how and when they work. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, W-2s can as well, if that's the agreement that you have in place with your employer, but yeah, 1099s, it's your business, your flexibility, you're paying, you're paying for it, you know, and the taxes that we have to pay as 1099s. Uh, So that's important to honor as well as if you're a 1099. Yes. Has that uh, affected your ability to hire from certain States then California and others? No, I haven't had any issues that I've ran into yet. Knock on wood. (laughs) Um, California did. We had something with that recently. I can't exactly remember what happened there. I think she might've moved and it just resolved itself. Um, Hmm. But yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your own routine. Uh, I'm looking at the form that you filled out and it looks as though you've focused a lot on on prioritizing your own needs. Um, and can you talk a little bit about how that's affected your business? Yeah. 2020, what are we in too? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely was a, a game changer. I think coming out of the pandemic and really just getting re like almost blooming again, back to society. And a lot of that came with taking care of mental health and taking care of my health and wellness. Uh, so one of the things I did this year was hired a, a fitness and nutrition coach. Never done that before. And it's been really awesome and eye-opening to just have that support community. I've learned a lot about food and, and I've had a lot more mental clarity as a result of just eating better, uh, drinking less or, um, having more water in my diet, things like that, that are just you just ignore as a business owner. That reminds me, I'm wondering where I put my water. Individual. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm more thirsty. Um, and then on the fitness side, you know, having 
we have a gym in our garage. My husband's very active. So I never used it, hated it. And now I know what to do. Like I am told what to do every day. So that's really helpful. And then she also encourages goal setting and some of the things that I talked about with the priority five, that's kind of her practice too. So that's really cool. It's just the whole mind, body health taking care of. So that's been really game changer this year. So you have a priority five for your personal health and wellness goals I, and business or no, that would be way too many. I always make sure that my, there's something health and wellness on my priority five each day. So it doesn't just have to be business. That's a good question. So for example, yesterday, I think mine was, um, hitting my macros cause that's part of the, the health plan and working out. Um, today I I'm not working out. So I went, I want to make sure I go on a long walk with my dog. So that's like something that's outside of the work that I do every day. Uh, but then how does this affect your business when you're taking care of yourself? I think it certainly, it just makes me better. I show up better. I'm happier. Um, I'm clear. Clarity has been really great this year. I think I've grown. I don't know if it's because of the work that I'm doing in the kitchen and in the gym, that is a direct result, but I think it's certainly playing into it, uh, for just showing up more fully for my virtual assistants or, having more organization among our schedules or what I want to get done in this year. Cause we have, we're filming here on September 14th. We have less than three months, well, four months, but I'm going to say three, cause I'm not working, um, to get things done. So it's, it's just been a different level. How do you think that you will do when you come back in January? Like what's going to be on your plate when you come back? Yeah. I'm really, January is interesting for me. It's my birth month and I spend the first week of the month. Um, this is an oddball side thing I do, but I love it and I'll never stop, uh, working at a trade show in Las Vegas every for Intel, for the corporation. It's a contract gig that I've just had and I do it for the people. I do it to connect with the team and we just have so much fun. Um, and I think January will just be, you know, my placement manager will help support the business. I will work on really intently outlining the year and how I'm going to create the best and support the best virtual assistants in the industry is my goal. And so I think I'll just really get focused on that and I'll probably be living in a van. So all this could be a little crazy. Are you going to drive to Vegas? I don't know if we're there. I don't want to. I'll probably fly (laughs) wherever we are. Did you say you do that every month or just the first month of January? First month of January. I usually do that. And then I I do two or three shows a year. So I have one at the end of the month. Um, It's been fun. It's taken me to Barcelona, China. I don't want to go back there. Um, Are you working as a virtual assistant for someone in that corporation or are you as a vendor in your field? Yeah. So I'm as a contractor and I'm, uh, basically the best way to we're staffers on the floor at these trade shows. So we're either, I'm either demoing like a really nerdy widget that I'm, they're explaining and I have to get really technical on it. We're kind of the extroverts on the floor that can speak to the everyday person. And the engineers are like, okay, well, this is the code that's on the thing, you know, which is great. So they bring in us to just really just up level and have fun. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And the, the team that I work with is a diverse group of amazing professionals. And it's, we're mind blown that we keep doing it because it's hard work, but <laughs> it's super fun. That's so, so cool. yeah. And another one of those things you work from home all the time, it just gets you out. It gets you a different perspective. And I think all that stuff helps your business. 
So I, I feel like I'm wrapping up too early, but I want to give you a lot of time to answer my big question that I always like to ask. Um, you know, you're, you're really hitting on a, a touchy, touchy subject for a lot of families where they want to get in the workforce. Um, but you know, flexibility and time and location and all these things, you know, military wives, especially, mm -hmm. you know, with all this transition, um, how on earth does someone really get started? Like if they were to just get their feet wet, like trying to build some skills, like what skills should they be working on? I know you've got the training program, but is there anything that should be starting to prepare before the training program or what kind of time commitment or cost would there be that they would have to be, you know, getting prepared for? Yes. So first of all, I believe we all possess skill sets that a virtual assistant where, uh, has. So by that, I mean, you know, when I onboard new virtual assistants or do a discovery call, a lot of the conversations I have are, are them saying, well, I don't have anything to offer. I don't know what I would do. And within five minutes, we have your, your five first service offerings because we are a, a technology uh, generation, right? Right. So we all know how to post on Facebook. We all know how to engage in Facebook communities. That is something people need. We all know how to do Facebook posts or I'm sorry, Instagram posts or uh, chat comment on other people's Instagrams, checking email, responding in email, um, booking travel. We've probably all done that for our, for our own personal families, but kind of putting a system around it for ourselves and really thinking through how could I do this for my business or calendar scheduling, um, or, you know, you mentioned editing, copy editing. If you're a good copy editor, that's not necessarily a virtual assistant, but having this conversation might be like, wow, I could offer that as a service. And that's just a value add. So there's some basic things that I think we all know how to do. So I, I challenge anyone listening that's interested in this to, to start thinking through that stuff. Um, there are lists and you can find that on my website too, of skill sets that virtual assistants have and Google that and, and kind of circle all the things that you know how to do. And then also maybe put a square around all the things that you don't know how to do, but you would probably figure out and then start to figure them out and Google it and YouTube it and bing it or whatever right, you choose. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then little by little, your toolkit will start to expand and you'll be like, okay. And then you'll get your first client. And that could be going through a program like mine, or it could be you've identified your skill sets. You know what you want to charge. You have five hours a week to offer to someone. And you're going to put a Facebook post out there and say, Hey, I started this new venture. This is what I do. This is, this is, uh, I have five hours a week. Maybe don't put your fee out there. That's something you can talk about with them privately and just see what happens and, or email the top 25 people in your life. Not that you're asking them to hire you, but you're asking their network because then the person that sees that Facebook post is going to say, oh, that's really cool. Okay. And then four days later, their neighbor, John is going to be over at their house. And he's going to say, I am so stressed out in my business. I really need help. Hey, so-and-so just posted this about virtual being a virtual assistant. Let me connect you. It happens all the time. So those are some simple steps that you can do that you don't have to, if, if you don't want to invest in a program, you don't have to, um, by all means, if, if you're thinking about making this a profession and you want to do it the right way first, it'll save you tons of money down the road 
believe me. Um, but you don't have to do that. And there's a lot of stuff available for you. So for the people that don't know what a virtual assistant really is or does, you can also think of like a personal assistant or even like a personal right. shopper or an administrative assistant who works remotely, right? Like, yeah. Are yeah. there other names that you could put to that just to help people get their mind around or their head around what that would really look like? Yeah. Virtual administrative assistant, virtual assistant. We talked about personal assistant. I'm really happy you brought that up. So I'm sure maybe if moms are listening and you run a really great household and everything's organized, the kids dance stuff is on the calendar. The tutus are ordered. The kids soccer gear is there. The grandparents have the schedule. That is something that a female executive at a major company is probably pulling her hair out and, and so challenged by because she's working so hard. And then when she gets home, then she has to do all of this. If all of that was taken care of, so she could just show up to the dance recital or the soccer game and her grandparents were there and everyone was on the same page, that would be such a valuable thing to offer someone or grocery ordering or scheduling the cleaning person or the lawn care, managing contractors. There's so many personal things that if that's kind of more in your wheelhouse, less computer and tech and more in the personal management, life management, that would be a great, great service offering for someone. And how has the industry changed since Tim Ferriss wrote about it 20 some years ago. <laughs> well, I think that definitely started a lot of it. I think that book opened people's minds. Uh, I don't the four hour the work week, book. four hour work week really exists. Um, but uh, I think it, it definitely laid the, the groundwork for what it is. And then I think the pandemic, which I hate continuing to talk about it, but really made people comfortable with hiring virtually, working virtually, having never met someone and building a connection with someone. And it it's really helped the business, the industry. What kind of benefits would it have to the, say the person who's in need of a virtual assistant? Um, how can, how do you sell that service to these people? Yeah. So what I like to say is mostly they're business owners. It's rare that we get an executive, say a, mo- a mom, like I explained that just based on our marketing. But when these business owners started their business or solopreneurs, they they started it for a certain reason. They want to coach this demographic and offer this service, or they're a financial advisor, or they're a real estate agent, and they're passionate about this, and they're really good at this. But along the way, they started to wear what I call seven, 27 hats. And it that includes social media and email and bookkeeping and all the things I've been talking about. And they start to hate their business. They start to miss family events because they're working too much. They're stressed out. They're frustrated. They're unorganized. Their clients are upset. That's when they need to hire a virtual assistant to start taking all these monotonous tasks that they, that they should not be doing that are, they're either incompetent at or competent at, but should not be doing at all. And outsourcing to a virtual assistant who is actually like loves to do that work. And I know that sounds crazy because you might say, oh, that's just admin work. It's so much more than admin work. It's very important. Uh, do you feel like just the fact that our our entire, I don't know, marketing strategies have changed from, you know, paper, like ads and mailers and flyers and posters, billboards to like the social media stuff has also just demanded more need, you know, a bigger need for this sort of work? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, technology has completely changed the game. We'll see what AI does to this industry. I'm already seeing a lot of 
AI virtual assistant stuff pop up. And I actually do a lot of educating people come to us and think that we're a kiosk, a virtual assistant kiosk. We're not humans. It's that's happened more than a handful of times. And so I I know it's coming. However, I do think there's always going to be a need for the human behind the AI or the human behind all the things that are happening automatically, but it's definitely helping. And then another thing that I know comes up is people are like, how can I compete with the people in Upwork who are doing the same services, but only charging $4 an hour? Mm -hmm. How do, how does your companies um, and the people that you hire and work with you um, stand out? Yeah. Again, a lot of educating. So virtual assistants that charge $4 $4 an hour, $8 an hour, it's likely that they're overseas. And that's not a bad thing. I hire contractors overseas all the time, but I'm very, very specific. Like I spell out exactly what I need. This is the research I need. This is the graphic that I need and where I need things. I, I basically create it in Canva, send it to them to make better. You know, that's how specific I am. Uh, so that takes a lot of work. And I think when you hire US-based virtual assistants. And again, you can find this overseas if you're lucky, but they're a needle in a haystack. Um, You're getting someone that's that you can sit down and have coffee with at some point. And they'll, I always say, they'll be enrolled in your vision. They'll care about your business as much as you do. They'll learn with you. They'll grow with you. They'll become a, a team member that you can really rely on and support. And on top of that, a lot of virtual assistants get a lot of personal information from their clients. It's just part of the nature. And so there's a little bit more trust there that's built because we're able to do things like we are now. We're having a Zoom conversation or um, I know a lot of virtual assistants do end up meeting their clients, say at a conference or something where they're invited to, to go support them. So that creates that level of trust and then they can just be that much more valuable within your business. Uh, Do you find that the demographics are um, varied? Do you ever have like, say men or women um, who are, you mentioned nurses, like former nurses, former something. Do you ever find people that were like former secretaries or, um, I mean, I guess I usually think of like working moms or Mm -hmm. young, younger people that want to be virtual assistants, but do you have like the older teachers or other demographics come in? Yeah, we do. Um, And the the, not all, but the tech piece sometimes is a challenge because when you're working in an office, you know, they might be using Microsoft and Outlook where the online space predominantly, I'm not saying it, I'll do really uses say Google suite for all everything. So that's kind of different. Now, right. Yeah. (laughs) So they just have to be willing to, to learn the tech. Mm -hmm. And I know even me, as I, as I get older, I'm like, oh my gosh, this new thing or when TikTok came out, I'm like, I don't want to learn TikTok. Right? And I'm, I'm like, no, I have to learn it because mm-hmm. then I'll be one of those people that's older. And is like, oh, I don't know how to do this. It's mm-hmm. like when the computer came out, my dad had no idea how to use it. You know, it's that. So I think as long as, as they're willing to learn and try all the new stuff and not get frustrated, then it, it works out great. And then younger people, and this is great for college students and, and beyond. So it just depends on where you're at. Well, and then the younger people supporting the older people who have a business and they don't want to learn the new technology. They don't have to. They don't, they don't. And they're way faster. I mean, a 24 year old is so fast at doing, let's say TikTok, whereas 
me, I'm 34. It takes me way longer than I see these kids doing it. And I'm so mad to say that, but even at 34, I'm saying that I'm sure the 50 year old's like, Oh God, you know? Oh, and I have you by a decade. So (laughs) So you get it. (laughs) I do. All right. So tell me about how people can find you and what they would expect if they wanted to sign up for one of your trainings. Do you have like a launch date for different things or is it like evergreen? Yeah. So virtualassistantacademy.com is an evergreen certification program for virtual assistants, and you can take it at your own pace. Most virtual assistants fly through it and then come back to it when they need, when they get their first client, they're like, okay, what's the proposal now? What's the contract? And they can review it. Um, And then they become a part of our community. So we have ongoing calls and we really get to know them virtualassistantmanagement.com is our placement agency. And you can book a 15 minute discovery call there to speak with our placement manager and see if it's a good fit for you. And what does that mean versus the training? Um, Placement would be a client, a business owner coming and needing to hire a virtual assistant. Okay. So we do both sides. Mm -hmm. And do the virtual assistants need to pay like a membership fee or anything to be part of your community? So there is a fee for the Academy as we're recording it today, it's nine 97. And I'm here to tell you that the return on investment on that is very short because the demand for virtual assistance is very high. If you follow the steps mm-hmm. that I give you. Um, and then there is a, a fee to join the management team. There's an application fee. And then if you're a part of the management team, but it's nominal, I think t- as we stand today, it's one ninety-seven, and I don't ever want that to be extreme or anything like that. It's just okay. a, stay in the game and allows us to update all your paperwork and keep you, keep you fresh. If people wanted to try to find this, uh, you want to spell out your website for us and yeah, tell us how we can find it. Yep. Virtual assistant Academy, V I R T U A L A S S I S T A N T A C A D M E Y Academy. Okay. Very good. And anything else? Um, is that the best way to reach you? Yeah. And I'm Molly Rose speed. I'm on all social channels at that handle. So if you guys want to engage on social, you can find me there. If you have any questions, I love to help people and point you in the right direction. And, you know, it might be that today's not the right day, but in two months or come January, you're ready to go. Um, so just connect and we can start the conversation. Okay. You mentioned Asana. Do you have any other, uh, maybe any, you mentioned the, the notepads and the planner, but do you have any other digital or physical products that you just can't live without? Uh, my whole business is ran on Kajabi. So if you're a business owner, I highly, highly recommend it. I, I offer that as a service cause I love it so much as well. And then I love 17 hats. It's like Dubsado, but it's older. <laughs> I don't know and, either of those. Okay. So, um, 17 hats is kind of an all in one runs your business. So it sends your invoices, your contracts, your bookkeeping, your lead forms, does your, uh, not your newsletters and such, but like your CRM. So if I'm, if I'm working with a client, I need to take notes or note that we called each other or send them an email out of the system. It kind of runs the whole back end of my business and I love it. I love it. So it's more than a scheduler. Way more. It also does that. It does 17 things. I just don't have them all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. So any final thoughts? I just to anyone 
looking for a flexible career, I, I can't echo enough starting with this. There's so many amazing directions to go at, with the vet background of being a virtual assistant. We have virtual assistants that get hired by corporations as a result, and they are on their way to being the COO of the companies. It's crazy. The growth that I've seen these oh, women wow. have. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, and then virtual assistants that literally were able to earn an income while their kids were in preschool from nine to two, two thirty every day. And that pays dividends for so many valuable things they're able to do with their family by having that extra income and and having the independence as a mom to have this career. Um, and then on the flip side, the clients that are looking for virtual assistance, start documenting what it is that you need now. Just keep a notebook on the side of your computer and start writing down all the things that you should not be doing um, and get help because there's a lot of great people out there that are, are ready to help you. You mentioned here that you are launching a program, the Online Business Accelerator. Do you want to say a quick note about that too? Yeah, sure. It actually closed as we're recording now. Um, but Online Business Accelerator, I work with so many clients that are are not set up online the way that they should be. So this is a step-by-step program walking people through setting up their Kajabi backend. So they'll they'll leave by, by Thanksgiving. I've, I have students in right now. It's a really fun program with a website, an online course, opt-in pages, email marketing system, uh, and a way to take payment all in one platform. So I'm really excited about that. So if you're interested about in that, I'll probably do one again uh, after Christmas mm-hmm. and you can reach out to me directly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Molly Rose. I have really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks, April. This has been great. I appreciate it. I hope that if someone's listening and they want to work from home, this would be a really good place to start. Um, if the 997 is a um, barrier, mm-hmm. is there a way that they can work up to that? Like, do you have a suggestion for people that say that that's difficult for them to too much right now? Yeah. So we have a payment plan and a lot of our students get through the payment plan before they or get a client before they're through the payment plan. So that's an option. Um, or just start kind of setting aside money for this and, and there's a lot you can find online. Even I have a masterclass you can download from the website. There's skill set worksheets that you can start with and just kind of get your feet wet and see the reality that this can have for you. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been Molly Rose Speed with April Malone and Yes, I Work From Home, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>